Now there are some sermon notes for this morning. Can I just be taken out of the fold backs behind me, please? If you can do that, be great. I've no idea. Uh, cool. There are some sermon notes for this morning. You will need a pen. There are some uh, areas that you're going to need to fill in um, this morning in your notes. So um, if you just put your hand up nice and tall, our hosts will make sure that those notes get into your hand. There's one down the back. (laughs) Praise God. No idea. Cool. Praise God. You ready? Ready for the word this morning? Who's hungry for the word? Lord, just just reach out your hand towards me. Say, help him. Lord, do something with him. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness this morning. We're here to worship you. We're here to enjoy your goodness. And I thank you, Lord God, that even now by the power of your Holy Spirit, you speak an eternal transforming word into our lives, Lord God, that we leave this place different from how we came in. Father, I thank you for the the freedom of your Holy Spirit in this place. I thank you, Lord God, for you to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. We give you permission this morning to to touch our lives, to release your anointing and your Holy Spirit into us now in Jesus' mighty name. God's people said, Amen. Amen, 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 amen. I I don't know about you, but... um, there have been times where, uh, in the lead up to Christmas, that um, I've seen presents underneath a Christmas tree. And um, I've seen my name on presents under the Christmas tree. And uh, I, I've known then that Christmas is going to be really great because my, my, there's a gift with my name underneath the Christmas tree. There's this area where, you know, you, you, you're expecting something at, at, on Christmas Day, you know, and, and there's this area where, you know, as you get closer and closer to Christmas Day and, and the morning of Christmas, you get out of bed and you leap out of bed and you know it's time to unwrap the gift. You know it's time that God is, is uh, well, not God, but your parents or your, uh, your, you're just going to enjoy something really wonderful from underneath the Christmas tree. And, and I want to say to you this morning that in the economy of God, every day is Christmas Day. God has got something great for us every single day. There is a gift for us every single day. In God, there is a gift for us every single day. There is something that God has got for us every single day of our lives. It's not one day of a week. It's not one day in a season. It's, it's every single day. God has got good gifts for his kids. And you are his kids this morning. And I, and I want to, uh, to raise the awareness of, of our lives about what God has got for us in the place of his presence. The title of my message this morning is, The Presence of God is a Place Where Incredible Things Happen. It's a place where incredible things happen in the presence of God. Incredible things happen in the presence of God. I don't know if you know that, but incredible things happen in the presence of God. God's presence is a place where we need to expect something is going to happen. That our lives are impacted, that they are touched, they are filled, they are transformed by His presence. And as we walk in the place of His presence in our everyday lives, our world is changed. But I want to to, uh, challenge the thinking that we have about the place of God's presence this morning. 
Because I don't believe that for an instant that the place of God's presence is a physically static place. It is not one physical place. It can be, it can be, but I believe that God wants his presence to be more than just in a box. More than just in the place that we restrain him to being and operating within. And this morning I pray for a revelation about the place of God's presence in our lives this morning. I pray for a revelation of it being more than a physical location, but it being a way of life that we live. That the place of the presence of God is a way of living, not a physical location. It can be, but it can be so much more than just a physical location. Because if we limit him to one place, when I'm out in the street and I suddenly need the presence of God, if I limit him to a place, I don't have access to that place because I'm out in the world. And I've limited the ability of God to infiltrate or bring his presence into my situation. Do you understand what I'm saying this morning? So this is... It's gone off. There you go. Praise God. So this is... uh, The whole message is about the, the, the place of God being a place where incredible things happen. But it's not about one location. Okay, the place of his presence is about a relationship that's tuned in and responsive to the presence of God, no matter where we are, what we're doing, or who we are with. Because I don't believe that the presence of God is just for Christians. That may mess with some people's theology this morning. I don't believe that the presence of God is just for Christians. I believe that the presence of God is for people in our world. I believe that people need to see a demonstration of the presence of God. I believe that we need to be people who hunger after the presence of God. To limit the place of his presence to a physical single location is to limit God and our experience of him. But even more concerning to me would be that as we do that, we limit the communities that we live in and their experience of the presence of God too. And I believe that God has called us as a people, that God has called this church to bring the presence of God to our communities wherever they are, into our workplaces, into our schools, our universities, our shopping centers, into our streets, into our families' homes. I believe that God wants us to release his presence into every sphere of our world because every sphere of our world is where we are with him as well. So I want us to understand the place of God's presence. The place of God's presence is not just a positional standing in God's presence, but it's the experience of God's presence personally and powerfully. You know, it says in, in, in Genesis 28 verse 16, when, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. I heard this statement this week, Christianity isn't supposed to be about God, but with God. Christianity is not supposed to be all about God. It's supposed to be with God. It's supposed to be in relationship with him. So, you know, like many times we may have been reading our Bible and suddenly something's leapt up off the page to us. God's presence has just manifested. We're standing in the street talking to someone and we suddenly have an insight into what's happening in their world 
and we sense God saying something to them, God's presence has just manifested in our world. Surely God was in that place and I didn't know. I just didn't realize it. But suddenly as we become more and more aware of the presence of God, as we become aware that we are actually carriers of the presence of God, that this is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the kingdom of God is within me, Because then it doesn't matter. Wherever I go, the presence of God is. Tongues of fire. like In the Old Testament, the, the, the fire of God's presence rested upon the tabernacle, upon the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, in the place of His presence. In the New Testament, we see that God has, has signified that His presence now rests on people because there were tongues of fire resting upon God's people. That's what God wants us to realize more and more, that we are the carriers of God's presence. Can I just have some more windows up or the air conditioning turn in? Because I'm, I'm really warm at the moment. That would be really nice. Thank you. See, God responds to the way that we respond to him. Let me say that again because that didn't come out right. God responds to the, to the way that we respond to him. God responds to us the way that we respond to him. In other words, there's an, a step of faith. There's a step of faith. There's an act of faith. There's a word of faith. There's a, something that God does in and around us. And God responds to that. When we've encountered him, what do we do? What do we do when we encounter the presence of God? My own life, in my own life, too many times I've moved on without asking the Lord why I've just encountered his presence. I've been too quick to move on. I've been too busy. I've been too preoccupied with my own agenda. And I've moved forward and I've missed the opportunity for finding out why God's presence has just manifested. I've challenged myself to slow things down, to listen more, to respond quicker to his voice, to the nudges that he gives me, to the prompting or a sign of the Holy Spirit doing something or saying something or showing me something, to step out in simple faith and obedience to the Lord my God, to practice the presence of of God is to live with a conscious awareness of our Father, engaging in quiet, joyful, and continuous conversation with Him in our everyday lives. It means that we live an inner life of unceasing prayer and we strive for all that we think, say, and do to be a reflection of what pleases God. Brother Lawrence says this, he says, I make it my priority to persevere in his holy presence, wherein I maintain a simple attention and a fond regard for God, which I may call an actual presence of God. To put it another way, he says, it's an habitual, silent and private conversation of the soul with God. An unknown person said this, prayer is so simple. It is like quietly opening a door, 
slipping into the very presence of God. There in the stillness to listen to his voice, perhaps in petition or only to listen. It matters not. Just to be there in his presence is all I desire. I believe that we as a people are coming into a greater revelation of living our lives with a greater awareness, a greater sensitivity, a greater responsiveness to encountering the empowering presence of God. John 14 verse 15 out of the Passion Translation says this, Loving me, this is Jesus speaking, He says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. What does he mean by that? It's this this idea of where we catch a glimpse. It's this idea where we just... A fleeting fragrant of his, having, his presence being there. It's the, it's the movement of wind around us that says he's here. And because of his absolute radiance, his, his majesty, his beauty, his holiness, his glory, it, 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 it just arrests us in the moment. And love pours from us to him. And we simply say, Lord, whatever, I want to do that. Lord, whatever it is that you're asking me to do, I want to do it because I've seen you and I've fallen in love with you. Any one of us who is married here or in a relationship with someone, we would do anything for our spouse. We would do anything for our spouse. And I believe that the love of God transcends the love that I have for Jane. There's a deeper love that I have for my God than I have for Jane. It's a different sort of love. But there's something that is drawn out of me. I would do anything for Jane. I listen to her most of the time. (laughs) I listen to her. I want to do things that please her. I don't deliberately go out of my way to hurt her, to abuse her or anything. Because I love that woman. And how much more is it when we've caught a glimpse of our God, that he draws love out of us. His presence draws it from us. His presence draws love out of us. And we say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do. Just one glimpse of his glory and we are wrecked by him. We are wrecked by him. Peter and the guys have been out fishing and and Jesus says to them, you've been fishing, catch much? They said, nothing. We've been out all night, didn't catch a thing. He says, hang on a minute, just chuck your net out this side. And Peter says, well, we've been fishing all night, but if you say so, okay. So they chuck it out the net the other side. They drag in this net that is almost too bursting. And because of the goodness of God, Peter says, Lord, I don't deserve to stand in your presence. 
because I've seen how good you are. I'm a man who's unclean. He suddenly, love for God just, just oozed out of, out of Peter. And it was just something that, that captured him. And in, in that moment, you, you hear Jesus say to Peter, you're not gonna long, no longer going to fish for fish. Follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Out of a call, out of seeing the goodness of God towards him, you see this amazing thing happen. Now, I want to just start by saying this morning that um, I make no guarantees about getting all through your notes. Okay? So I just am going to run with the flow. I, I've got to tell you, you've got six points in your notes. There's 12. Okay? Um, the, the other six for another week. Uh, I haven't, uh, and they're even better than these ones. So I'm just making, letting, letting you know out, out this, this morning now. I've even put the answers in your notes so that you don't go away here, from here disappointed. Saying, well, what was this point then? All, right? All the answers to your notes are in the back of your notes. Just where it says about the night of revival. Did I mention we're having a night of revival? Prophet Steve McCracken. So... The place of his presence is a place where incredible things happen. The place of his presence is, number one, a place of relationship with him. It's a place of relationship with him. First and and foremost, I believe that we learn to enhance and build and grow our relationship with God. We submit and we surrender to him. It's a place where we receive and access his love and his wisdom, where he sets our goals in life. As long as we insist on writing our own stories, he cannot write his story. Exodus 33 verse 11 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And then Moses would return to the camp. But his uh, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. Moses has has met with God, met face to face. And in this moment, you see his servant, Joshua. Moses leaves and goes back to the camp. Joshua says, this is too good. I'm I'm staying. I'm camping in the camp. I'm camping in, in the presence of God. And and we know the story that Joshua goes on to lead the people into the promised land. I wonder what he saw in there. I wonder if he saw the victory over Jericho at that time. I wonder if he truly understood what God was calling him to do. It's in his presence that we get to know him better, his nature, his character, his ways. Psalm 103 verse 7 says, He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. See, the people of Israel only ever saw what he did, but Moses knew why he did it. He understood the character and the nature of God. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm happy to see the things that he does, but I want to know why he does it. I want to know why God does things. I, I want to... 
understand him better. I want to come into a, a, a deeper relationship with him to the point where I understand that's why you did that. Because I believe that God wants us to replicate what he did. But we can better do that if we start to understand some of the stuff. But I also know that there's some things about God we're just never going to understand. He's just too big, too good, too great for me to ever walk in complete understanding. And I think that it will take an eternity, an eternity. That's why we're going to live forever with him. So that every day, every moment, we can, we can awaken to some new facet to who God is. People only saw what God did, but Moses knew why God did it, and he saw it. Why? Relationship. Moses was in a relationship with God. Moses was in a relationship with God. I have a hunger to see God move powerfully in and through me. I want to see in life what I see in Scripture. This is rich with the goodness of God. It's absolutely jam-packed full of the love and the grace and the goodness of God. But I don't want it to stay in, in a two-dimensional place on a page in a book. I want to see this in my life. I want to see this in your life. I want us to see us to, to move out in the fullness of what God has got for us by the power of His Holy Spirit to see this come alive in my world and in your world. Incredible things happen in the presence of God. Relationship happens in the presence of God. But I don't believe it's just for me. I believe that God wants to move powerfully in our communities. That God wants to show the community what a relationship with Him looks like. And that's modeled through us walking naturally, supernaturally in our world. I don't want my community to simply know what God does. I want, him to, I want the community to know Him in reality. I want us to know His ways. I want us to know His glory, His manifest presence, His nature, His character. And it only happens in relationship. I don't think of ever being out with Jane... And they're meeting someone in the street or at the shops. And Jane doesn't know this person. I'd never think about not introducing her to this person. I think that's rude. I think that that devalues who Jane is in my life. It robs the person of the richness of knowing who Jane is and her relationship to me. Do you, get, do you get, get where I'm going with this? So why is it then that when we were in the community and we feel God's presence suddenly show up that we don't introduce that person to him? Lord, arrest me. In the moment, arrest me. Stop me from moving forward. Let me ask the question, Lord, I've just felt your presence. 
What do you want to say? And it doesn't have to be flaky and fluky and, you know, and you suddenly drop to your knees and say, oh, Jesus, whatever you want me to talk about this person. about, And the, the person thinking, what the? It's simply on the inside you're saying, God, what do you want to say to this? I felt your presence just arrive. I, I just felt an increase. I felt you. God's revealed his presence. We've suddenly become more aware of his presence. And it's internally just simply saying, Lord, what would you say to this person? What would you say to this person? How can I talk to this person about who you are? And then just doing it. See, the place of the presence of God is about building a relationship with God and giving others the opportunity to enter into a relationship with him too. I want to know God, to experience him, to speak with him, to to listen to him, to be with him. The place of his presence is where relationship happens. And when we come to know him, his place, this place of his presence leads us into number two, a place of worship. A place of worship. Psalm 22 verse 3 says, You are holy. Enthroned in the praises of Israel, of your people. Did you know that the reward of worship is actually the presence of God? The reward of worship is actually the presence of God. You worship, He shows up. You worship, He's there. Because God is enthroned, He builds His throne on the foundation of the the, the saints worshipping. I heard this quote over the weekend at this conference. And uh, I think it's a great quote. It says, Praise until the spirit of worship comes. Worship until the glory comes. And then just stand in His glory. You get deeper and deeper into the presence of God as you move forward. Simply starts with praise. You know, sometimes it's just been a sacrifice of praise. You know what I mean? Oh, okay, Jesus, I'll do this for you. You know, like you're making his day. (laughs) But as you start to do that, you'll sense a change. And you'll move into worship. And as you worship, the spirit of worship comes and it starts to manifest on your life and you start to really, out of the depths of your being, start to adore him, start to worship him, start to uh, add, you know, like just do what it is that you do in worship. All of a sudden, his manifest presence, his glory rests upon you. All you can do sometimes is just stand. There have been moments in my life where I've just been in worship and I haven't been able to express myself. All I've been able to do is stand there and I've had tears streaming down my face. I couldn't say a thing. To say something would have been to cut across the moment because you're in His presence. See, I don't believe that for an instant we can come into His presence and not be compelled by His beauty. 
by his majesty, the radiance of his glory, the depth of his love, the reach of his grace, to break out instantly into worshipping him from the depths of our lives. I don't believe that for an instant. Acts 16 verse 25 says, At around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing praise to God and the other prisoners were listening. In verse 26 it says, Suddenly, suddenly the presence of God is there. The the floor and the ground, the building that they're in is shaken to its core. So much so that their chains all fall off. Every single prisoner that's inside that prison. The prison doors get flung wide open. Because someone started to worship. You see, us worshipping actually brings freedom to the people around about us. You, you, you might be thinking that I just need to worship for my sake. That's why I believe that our, our worship time is so crucial as a part of our service. That we need to be here ahead of time. Ready before the service starts to worship. Because my neighbor who's worshiping alongside of me might be the key to my breakthrough. You worshiping might be the key to someone's breakthrough that they need that morning. You singing may break the chains off of their life and open prison doors. Now, I'm not, be free, like if, you know, you're late, you're late, that's cool. But can I challenge you? If you're habitually late, there's something wrong. Try that with your employer. Try that with your boss. See how long you've got a job. Oh, it's just church. There's the attitude. It's just church. No, it's not. It's his presence. It's his presence. It's his presence. It's his presence. I love you all. See, The place of his presence wasn't some beautiful, glorious, clean, well-appointed church or home for Paul and Silas. It was a dirty, stinking, filthy and dark, depressing dungeon. But when we make a conscious choice to go to the place of his presence in whatever position, place or predicament that we find ourselves, God manifests his presence and our circumstances change. Either God will still the storm that is around you or God will still the storm that is within you. It doesn't matter. That's why it's so important that we don't lock the place of God's presence into a physical location, but into a place of of a lifestyle that we live. His presence is a place where spontaneous worship erupts from within. He's here. He's in us. 
I've got to praise him. If I don't, the rocks and stones are going to cry out. And I'm not going to be beaten by a rock. It'd be worth it just to see it, to be honest, but... (laughs) But no, I'm not going to be beaten by a rock. As we break out in worship, breakthrough comes in our circumstance. God manifests His glorious presence by creating the breakthrough we're so desperate to see. But when we replace our desperation for a breakthrough, for a desperation for His presence, He comes. It's about shifting the focus slightly. Don't focus on our problem. Focus on His presence. Focus on Him. Don't tell me how big your problem is. Tell me how big your God is. And I'm going to leave it there. I will probably finish this up in a couple of weeks' time. Can I just, just have a moment? Just, just, I just need to think. Thank you, Lord. You're worthy of praise. You're worthy of glory, Lord. I'll give you one more. Because I think there's a spirit of breakthrough here this morning. Point number four in your notes. The place of God's presence is a place where impossible situations melt. And I want to declare over you this morning the impossible situations melting. That the God of breakthrough is here this morning. The God of breakthrough is here this morning. Psalm 97 verse 5 says, The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. At the presence of the Lord of the whole earth. 
Luke 18, 27, and the contemporary English version says, Jesus replied, there are some things that people cannot do, but God can do anything. God's lo- God lives in the realm of nothing being impossible for him. He's infinite. We are the limited ones, the finite beings. He's not. God made the impossible realm accessible by believing in God who does the impossible. Here's a thought. You've heard, heard me say this before. Most of you will have. If Jesus came to the earth and did the things that he did, if he healed the people, if he set the people free, if he touched their lives in such a way, and he did those things as God, then I can't do a thing. I can't live the way that he lived because he was God and he did all those things because he was God. But if Jesus came to the earth as a man filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, then I'm obligated to pursue the same lifestyle that he modeled for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? If God, if Jesus came to the earth as God, did the things that he did as God. Now, we know that he's 100% God, 100% but he chose to be limited in the same way that a man was. But if he did those things as God, I can't do a thing. But if he came to the earth as a man, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit, reliant upon the Holy Spirit, leaning into the person of the Holy Spirit, and I'm obligated to follow in his, his footsteps. And when I do that, When I do that, I have access to the impossible realm. This is the mindset that we need to shift. It says in Corinthians that we pull down every stronghold that's opposed to the the, the proclamation of who Jesus is. Too many of us have limited God and have denied ourselves access to the impossible because... We don't believe that God can do those things through us. This is what the word of God says to us this morning. Mark 9, 23. He says, what do you mean if I can? This is Jesus is asking this person. This person's asked for, for healing. And, and Jesus says, well, what do you mean if I can? Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. Everyone say anything. Anything. Louder, Rory. Louder. Anything. I can't believe that you guys are being outshouted by a kid. Anything. Anything is possible if a person believes. What do you really believe this morning? What do you really believe this morning about God, about the person of the Holy Spirit? Jesus said in John chapter 14, verses 12 to 13, Jesus said, I tell you a timeless truth. 
In other words, it's a, it's a truth that has no end. He says, I tell you a timeless truth that the person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do and even greater miracles than these. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. That is how the Son will show, show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Jesus is waiting to show off the Father. But he's also waiting for us to make a demand upon him and say, Look, I believe you. How can a leg rig like, grow longer? Someone believed. Someone reached into the realm of the supernatural, into the impossible, and saw it melt. How can we believe to see cancer go if we don't step into the realm of the supernatural? You see, this, this, this whole lifestyle is a lifestyle of risk. It's a loss of your identity and your identity being found in Jesus. It's come to the point where we need to say, I don't care what people think about me anymore. I only care about what one person thinks. That's all that matters. Because we stand before him. And we give an account for the things he's given into our lives. He's given us access into the supernatural realm. What are we going to do? I'm praying for the rivers of living water to come out of your innermost being. I'm praying for you to access and cry out to God for the signs, wonders, and miracles. I'm, I'm praying for you to, to reach out and to, to access the impossible realm. To take w- the word of God and hold it up and say, Lord God, I believe that this is true. Make it true in my life. And that we stay in the place of his presence, seeking his face for point number three. The place of prayer and intercession where we contend for the miraculous, where we contend in the spiritual realm for our sons and our daughters, for our mums and our dads, for our neighbours and for our community. Do you know what the privilege of a believer is? To believe. It's just to believe. That's the privilege of a believer is to believe. My question is, are we believers and do we believe? My, my, my prayer this week is for you, this very simple thing. We're in the street, you may be at the shops, you may be in your school, you may be in your workplace. Someone suddenly says something to you whereby you hear and you sense the presence of God has just manifested. You, you feel your heart just start to quicken. You feel like that there's, you, you know how you respond to the presence of God. Maybe, you know, you, you know that he's there. And they say something, you know, oh, I've just been told that our bank account is, is absolutely bankrupt. We can't, we have no money left. And you reach out. Say, look, you know what? Uh, I just feel God saying this right now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I believe in the power of prayer. Can I pray for you? 98% of the people are going to say, oh, that'd be fantastic. What they're not expecting is if you do do it right then. Step over the line. Step over the line. I'm one of yours, Lord. I'm taking a risk. I'm going to step out. 
It's no longer I that lives, but it's him that lives in me. The life I now live, I live crucified. I live by faith in the person of Jesus who gave his life for me. And I'm worried about my reputation. Step out. Lord, as I've heard this person say, they've got cancer. My workmates come to, to, to my workplace and they've said, I've just been told I've got three months to live. You know what? I'm a Christian. I believe God can heal you. Be attentive to the, what the Holy Spirit's saying. If he's not saying I'm going to heal him, don't step out and do that. Just be real, naturally tuned in to who he is. But as you, as you, you sense his presence. Heavenly Father, would you touch now and release your healing power into in Jesus' name. We are simply vessels. We are conduits for his presence. What would our communities look like if we actually started to believe the Bible? What would our communities look like if we took a risk? And I'm not saying you do it once and then, oh, it didn't work and I walk away. Persist. 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 Because this it's, 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 it's almost like a, not a game, but it's, it's like statistics. The more times you do it, the more people you're going to see healed. But if you don't pray for people, you won't see people healed. If you don't lay hands on the sick, they won't recover. We say, oh Lord, I want to be used by you. There's a cost to that prayer. And it's in the cost of your reputation. Are you willing to be labeled a Bible basher? But I know that you wouldn't be. Oh, you, here comes that Jesus freak. Thank goodness I've got a reputation of being a freak for Jesus. Either our, our, our relationship with Jesus is real and it is life-changing and it is eternal or go to the place until it is. Heavenly Father, just can we stand? And I, no, I've gone over time.